Hey, what's going on? Hope everyone had an amazing Father's Day weekend. Welcome to episode number 53 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from North Carolina as Dakota Redmond takes home the weekly honors. Dakota had a perfect game along with two one-hit shutouts over 14 and a third innings, as well as hit 500 with two home runs and 11 RBIs to help her Carolina Cardinals Red go 5-1 last weekend in Tiger River, South Carolina. Great job, Dakota. Best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down with Washington Huskies alum and co-founder of the package deal, Morgan Stewart. Morgan had a fantastic four years at the University of Washington, where she would have three honorable mention all Pac-10 honors, a first-team all-academic Pac-10, and be named to the Women's College World Series All-Tournament team after her and the Huskies captured the national title in 2009. For all she accomplished with the Huskies, she would be inducted in the University of Washington Hall of Fame in 2014. Morgan would go on to play professionally in Switzerland, as well as with the Filipino national team before turning her attentions to helping young players grow in the game, as she, along with Amanda Scarborough and Jen and Katie Schroeder, created the package deal with a mission to elevate the game and impact lives. Morgan also has her own training program on the go with the defense club and defense lessons that you can check out at morgan-stewart.com. This was such a great interview as we covered Morgan's early playing days, her time at Washington, being an Easton ambassador, and of course her fantastic training business she has currently put together. Morgan was such a pleasure to chat with. I'm sure you'll all enjoy this conversation and we wish her nothing but continued success in everything she does. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, cause here we go. I got the world in my palm. Lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling. Ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm. Lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that anything goes? Morgan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. Can't wait. How are things going down in Cali? Uh, it's getting pretty hot here. It's summertime, finally. Uh, kids are out of school, and I think they're very excited to uh, just get to playing more softball. Yeah. How's the, uh, everything's pretty much getting back to normal down there now as far as the, the whole COVID situation goes, eh? Yeah, for sure. I think with the vaccine out and and uh, people figuring out what is best for them and what they what they want to do, it's definitely getting a lot closer to normal for sure. Yeah, we can't like we're still under somewhat of a lockdown up here in Canada, and it's uh, you know it's kind of kind of wearing on us now. But uh, things are starting to look promising, I guess, and hopefully we'll have a normal summer starting I guess mid July. That that's what it's looking like anyway. So fingers are crossed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so as far as the, since the pandemic started, uh, you know, w- what have you been up to? You still get a lot on the go, eh? Um, actually I haven't, I really haven't traveled much at all. Um, uh, really just to maybe see family once, but, uh, really different year for me as far as not being, not traveling with package deal, uh, still teaching, uh, my normal weekly lessons for a while, it was, we were all virtual. Um, and then we've slowly gotten back to small groups and, and we're picking back up, but yeah, I mean, I can't complain at all because fortunately I, I made it work, but, um, yeah, very different year for, for all these families. And of course, for everybody trying to figure it out work-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Now I, I saw you had a pretty big surprise at the end of a golf round a couple months ago, didn't you? yeah that that was that was uh it was very cool uh all my family was there obviously my now fiance jimmy uh coordinated this with jen and those guys have been family friends uh i guess since elementary school so it's uh was kind of a full circle moment me learning how to golf and then our families meeting kind of for the first time so really cool experience did you suspect anything at all I did, uh, but Jen kind of threw the scent off a little bit because I, 
uh, with that golf course, it's, I mean, super rare for there to be openings, especially with, uh, the pandemic golf is like blown up. Everybody seems to be a golfer now. And, uh, we got a text going, Hey, there's a tea time open on Saturday. I'm like, that doesn't happen. I text you and immediately I'm like, (laughs) okay, uh, is this, is this it? Is this the proposal? She goes, Oh no. I mean, I don't know why you'd expect that. And (laughs) she kind of made fun of me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and dress up. We're all white. Do your makeup for your golf round. That'll be really, that'll be, that'll be great. I'm like, okay, well, you don't have to be a jerk about it. I was just, you know, asking. And then of course I was right, but (laughs) that's awesome. Beautiful golf course. Like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very pretty right on the beach. Yeah. Monarch beach. If you're ever in California, it's that's the place. Okay. I've been, I've been to California three times now, but it's all been like Santa Barbara area, that area. So I was there playing ball and it's beautiful. I love California. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Very, (laughs) very doable. If you're going on vacation. (laughs) Oh, 100%, 100%. Uh, little thing we do before we get into your career here, Morgan, uh, we call it quick pitches here. It's, uh, I'm going to throw you 10 random questions and <laughs> you answer them as best you can. All right. All right. Ready? Yep. All right. Besides the weather, what's the best thing about living in California? Being with my family. All right. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Highlight real game ending catch or walk off home run? Ooh. Ah. <sighs> I'm the defense person, so I know I should have this answer, but I'm going to say walk off home run. It's just a little bit more exciting. Okay. I I thought you were going to go with the other one. (laughs) I know. All right. Uh, Biggest role model growing up? Natasha Watley. Nice. Uh, Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It does. I disagree. (laughs) Uh, If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, to turn my brain off. Hmm. Interesting. That's, yeah. I would love to do that as well. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If you could go back and replay one game, what would it be? Oh, um... I would really like to play the Arizona State game that we played in the World Series. I actually had a walk-off hit in that in that game, but leading up to it, I that was just a really really fun one because I got to play against uh, two of my best friends growing up in travel ball. It was just a, a really fun game for me. Awesome. Uh, besides Husky Softball Stadium, favorite place to play? Oklahoma City. Mm, I figured that's what it was going to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> last one. On a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the best, how's your golf game? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I would say I'm, a, I'm about a three and a half right now. And I guess some would disagree with me, but man, we got second place in a couples tournament this last weekend, so I'm still a little bit sour on that. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I saw you posted the, the picture of that. That was a pretty big, pretty big group there. Yeah. No, we had, a, we had a lot of fun. That was like our first kind of big get together uh, doing all golf. So I don't know. I need to get better. Uh, That's all. (laughs) Finish the second. That's still pretty good though. Yeah. You know, Jimmy's a scratch golfer. So he, he was kind of trash talking to the other couples saying that we had it in the bag. So it's not, (laughs) that's always the worst when expectations are high and you don't quite reach. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Having your fiance, just, you know, talking smack to the other teams and you're, you're come come on, on, man. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome though. Um, all right, Morgan, on to your career. Uh, tell us about growing up and getting your start in the game in California. Yeah, growing up, I think I had a kind of typical of my time growing up in travel ball. I played or I started travel ball around 12 and under, got over to minor school for 14s, got over to Batbusters for 16 under, won a national championship with those guys. Um, and then probably where my heart is in my travel ball career is with Corona Angels and Marty Tyson. Um, great guy, great coach taught me a lot about confidence, just overall believing in myself and kind of the process of the game. And, um, yeah, I was recruited by university of Washington. They were my first visit, fell in love with the campus. I mean, if you've been, it's just beautiful. And, um, yeah, I had a couple other, other offers from Arizona and Arizona state. Uh, but ultimately went with Washington and 
Uh, can't say I regret any of my choices in terms of being on the travel ball teams I was on or uh, my college team. Right. A great time. So like now I know you get to work with many players that, you know, that, that are playing travel ball in high school with the clinics you're putting on. Uh, how was your personal experience with it growing up like along the way? Uh, with clinics or oh, no, with, with the travel ball experience, I guess it is. Uh, uh, you know, when I said my superpower was like turning my brain off, I was super hard on myself growing up. Uh, and honestly, it was, it's one of those things that I wish I would have paid more attention to. I knew I was hard on myself, but I didn't really realize, uh, and I would, uh, I guess it it's not a snowball effect, but it, I definitely wish I had practiced a little bit more mindfulness or just awareness of how I was talking to myself growing up. Cause I think that definitely affected uh, my college game as well. But in terms of my experience of uh, being a kid and playing sports, my parents gave me, I mean, everything that I possibly could have needed, drove me everywhere, were at practices, took me to lessons. I mean, I was very, very fortunate. Um, but I, I had a great experience in terms of I got to focus on softball and it was one of the things that I never really questioned. I know a lot of kids growing up are experiencing burnout early on. And I think I meant I was like in the golden years of travel ball, like, <laughs> uh, like, uh, firecrackers, bat busters, Corona angels. Like there were one team that you wanted to be on, on those 18 gold teams. And it was just kind of dog fights every weekend. And it was really fun. I had a great time. Right on. Now I listened to your podcast with Ashley and, uh, did you say, did you go like, uh, you had uh, somebody, uh, I guess recruiting you when you were at U 16 to play U 18. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> how, did, how, how did that work exactly? Yeah. So it was interesting. So it, when I actually, when I was in 14 and under, uh, I guess I caught a couple of people's eyes, one from 16 under with Doug Myers and the Batbusters, and then Marty Tyson, 18 and under. And we had home visits actually, which I didn't know existed, but apparently is like a thing. Huh. So my 16 under coach came in house and he was saying how great I was. And was, it was like me and my parents on the couch, just talking about being on his team. And we just committed right there going, all right, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, we would love, <laughs> we'd love to be a part. And then, uh, Marty Tyson, right after that kind of came in house and we, we had told him, Hey, we already committed, but he really wanted to meet us. And he gave his pitch and we were like, Oh, well, sure. We'll play for you after we're done with this team. So <laughs> right. just kind of one of those weird things. And, um, just how, my class was the shortstop that was in my class is Monica Harrison, who went to UCLA and she was on that older bat busters team. So it, Marty had kind of explained, you know, you're probably going to have to be battling for a shortstop spot. I'm going to need a shortstop. It's kind of one of those weird, uh, those weird things where it lined up and it was kind of the perfect match for me going from Doug Myers to Marty Tyson. Mm -hmm. uh, I got kind of best of both worlds there. Right on. Now, did uh, I heard you say he gave, did Marty give you batting lessons for free? Like yes. between that? That's <laughs> awesome. It's, it was nuts. I mean, uh, I'm always going to sing Marty's praises. He's, he's a great guy. Uh, and then beyond that, even before I was on his team. So when I was from the time I was 15 years old, he gave me free batting lessons, which is just this wow. unheard of thing. Yeah. Um, and then every time I came back from Washington, I would go and see him and obviously let him know how I was doing, but he would just coach me up. And wow. it's not like he was, wasn't busy. He's like one of the busiest guys I know, but yeah. he did it. That's awesome. That's, that's fantastic. Now, how, how big a role did your, yeah. did your parents play in, in your development at that time? Um, in my development, I, I honestly never really practiced with my parents. My mom didn't play softball. My dad played football growing up. So he, I, I loved having my dad be an athlete and be a part of elite sports just to kind of balance me a little bit. My, and going back to kind of the personality of my parents, my mom's, uh, like the louder kind of more into it one. And my dad's very, laid back. And, and since my dad had played 
college sports. He was drafted by the Dolphins and he was he was out of the NFL because of injuries. But uh, I kind of felt very lucky to have my dad have that experience just so I knew, okay, well, this doesn't matter that much. I mean, you, you need to focus on the next thing. And he helped me that way. But um, but yeah, in terms of softball, uh, my parents left as a left as the coaches, which I was happy about too. Right on. That must've been like, you know, pretty comfortable to have, have your father, you know, with that, you know, big of a role in, in, in football to be able to, you know, have his ear and, and talk to him and get his opinion on stuff. Because I mean, like you said, not a lot of people get that. Yeah, no, it was more of just kind of a comforting thing to, to know that, especially because I was so hard on myself, my dad, not being in my ear. And I would always hear my friends just going, Oh my God, I don't want to ride home with my dad. He's going <laughs> to, he's going to talk about the game. And my dad was always just more of just my dad, which is definitely what I needed. Yeah. So tell us about the recruiting process. What, uh, what ultimately led to the uh, decision to attend Washington? Um, it came down to, and this is going to sound really silly, but <laughs> Uh, Washington offered me uh, 100% scholarship, you know, whatever that entailed. And then Arizona, they had told me, you know, we don't really see you as a shortstop. We see you as a third baseman. We're going to offer you 95% scholarship, which is, huh. I mean, now now people are getting scholarships that are like splintered into, all right, you got 10% this year, and then maybe you'll right. get 25 next year. And I sound like such a baby talking about that, but in my, in my mind, it was like, okay, who really wants me? Washington wants me for what I am, which is a shortstop. Arizona kind of wants to change me a little bit. And it seems like they don't really want me. So, uh, it was that. And then it came down to, they were, I just, I got the feelings when I was over on my first trip, uh, the football team won. it was a sunny day or sunny, sunny weekend. Actually, I visited in like, I don't know, I guess early September mm -hmm. and they really tricked me over there. because <laughs> Yeah. Never sunny. Um, but I, I, yeah, that's, that was what it came down to. I mean, I was in, I was 16, 17 years old, part of that new wave early commitment mm -hmm. and, uh, just felt like that was going to be my fit. Right on. So what do you recall about arriving on campus? You know, when you arrived there for your freshman season? Um, I remember thinking that everything was so huge, like everything was so far away <laughs> and walking down to the field, like how Washington's, uh, campus is set up all of the, all of school and the dorms and everything were up this gigantic hill and all the athletic facilities and training room and weight room and everything was down this huge hill. And freshman year, it just seemed like so far away. And then once you get a car and you understand where everything is, you're, mm. you're just a little bit more, uh, <laughs> Oh, the, Oh, this is way more normal. Like, obviously it has to be this big, but just, it definitely was felt like big fish in a small pond when I was at, uh, in California. And now it was, Oh, okay. I'm not the only really good athlete here. I'm, uh, I'm one of many, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what was the biggest adjustment that, that first year, like from a playing perspective? Uh, playing perspective, I would say, well, the game was just way faster, you know, like you can't rely on just natural skill. I, I definitely had to develop my footwork a lot, a lot more, uh, growing up, my arm took care of, I don't know, 80% of the plays for me. Like mm -hmm. I could kind of bumble around a little bit and then throw it over there on a rocket and not really care that much yeah. about my spin or whatever. So I, I really, uh, really needed to fine tune skills or, or learn new skills. Uh, JT over there as the infield coach, he, he helped a lot. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, a huge adjustment is just living with teammates and living 
like your entire lives around these people that I was, I was used to in travel ball. You see your teammates, I don't know, once a week and, and you're all excited and happy to, to update them on your life. And then in college, you're around them all the time. You just get kind of bugged by it <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> they all know everything about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's funny. But, uh, so I want to go into 2009. I mean, that was pretty big year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. what was the team's attitude going into that year? Did you guys feel that you had the team that could win it all? Uh, definitely. Uh, it, even if we were the only ones that thought that, and I think at that point, uh, we were, cause mm-hmm. we didn't, a lot of people didn't know or remember all of the tools that we had coming in. Uh, like Danielle's back. We had a ton of seniors. I think we had seven on our roster and, um, in terms of 2008, it was a huge year that, I mean, I gained a lot of confidence because I had a whole year of playing time just at shortstop. Uh, we had a, a few other freshmen that uh, were coming in in 2009 that I knew personally from Corona Angels that I knew would be like just an immediate impact. Nikki Williams was amazing in the World Series. So, um, yeah, I think we were ranked like 13th or something going into the season. And that was like, like we felt like it was such a stab in the back. Like how could they rank us this, this low or whatever. And obviously the rankings don't matter. Uh, You saw this last year with the world series, how, how crazy it all got. That was unreal. um, Like, yeah. (laughs) Like the the whole selection Sunday, I was like, how was Washington going into that uh, regionals? And then they're going to have to play Oklahoma. Yeah. Just, like, just nuts. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that they didn't make it to the world series because they had to go through Oklahoma, but I mean, man, who could have predicted what even the world series was? I, I, I mean, well, Oklahoma won, but nobody, man. nobody knew JMU was going to do that. And no, and the performance Odyssey Alexander had was just remarkable. Unreal. So fun to watch her. Yeah. So cool. There's so many things in the, in this year's, World Series. I mean, you know, you had that and then, you know, Montana Fouts goes out and throws a perfect game. <laughs> like just there was a lot of like the max amount of games, the amount of attendance that was there, the viewership. It was just it was awesome for the game. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, so this is the first World Series that I've actually sat down and watched majority of the games with Jimmy. Hmm. And he was just saying, well, because we watched Montana Fouts that game probably from start to finish. And he's like, well, who can beat her? She's throwing 74. <laughs> like who's, I've never seen that. She, and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really happen. And she's sitting at like 73, 74 yes. the entire game. Yeah. He's like, there's nobody that, I mean, that's like over a hundred mile an hour fastball and major league baseball. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that, yeah. And, but then the next game, you just see that. I mean, the game doesn't really care how you did in the last game. It's, it's just about, all right, what do you got today? And uh, I mean, that was an amazing performance, but he was just blown away that anybody could ever beat her. So it's, it's just one of those things like he, he, and he, um, he grew up playing baseball. He was drafted to the A's, but then uh, he had Tommy John surgery injuries kind of took him out, wow. but it's it's fun watching softball with him because he just sees it from the baseball perspective. Like, wow, you got that arm. Like nobody's going to beat that. Yeah. So who, who, who else, who else do they have? It's like, Oh, you only really need one pitcher a lot of time. (laughs) Is there any many arguments when you're watching or or everything's pretty low key? Uh, It's, it's pretty low key. He just, he's really interested in just like the, the speed of, uh, the speed of the game. And he's like a math brain guy. So he's like, well, shouldn't the, should, shouldn't the field be bigger? Like there shouldn't be this many home runs in the world series. It's <laughs> like, well, I don't know. For some reason in the world series, there's just a massive like uptick in home runs, just yeah. like the emotion, the, the emotion's so high. A lot of these girls will never play softball again. He goes, Oh, I never really thought of that with men's sports. It's like, well, yeah, the, the world series is cool and it's cool to do, but a lot of the guys that are top performers are going to go to minor leagues or yeah. major leagues and they continue their career. And that's the thing with world series. It's like a special kind of experience just because it is the top for a lot of women. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I had such a like I didn't really get to I couldn't watch the games live here in Canada because we don't have ESPN, which is absolutely ridiculous. No, so that stinks. Yeah, you know, it does. So the only way we can watch it live is if we have like a, a fire stick, Amazon fire stick and get the program and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I, as soon as the game's over, I'm able to watch it. They put it right up on YouTube. So oh, there you go. So what I was doing, I was I wouldn't go on social media. <laughs> And then I'd, oh yeah, you can. I know. And then I, then I then I'd watch it. So uh, I mean, I some of the games I did know, but some of the games I didn't. Which you know, I, I had much better time watching those games than, than I did than the games I knew. But uh, um, I want to talk about your uh, women's college world series because uh, you had a really good one the year you guys won. You hit four seventy six mm-hmm. in six games, tournament high ten hits, uh, world series record four doubles in that one game, and tied the record for hits with five. Um, what happened there? Just got in a big zone or just love playing on the big stage in OKC? Oh gosh. Um, that was the biggest zone that I've ever been in. And I, it started like the weekend before we played Georgia tech. And for some reason I was just seeing the ball so big. And I remember thinking in Georgia tech, just going, man, well, this would be nice if it carried over. And then when we got to OKC and we had been through kind of that, I, I even forget what our first game was, but I had, I was still feeling it. And I remember sitting on the ground in my hotel room, just going, okay, I need to remember this feeling. What am I feeling? Yeah. And when you're in the zone and when you're like, you're playing like that, um, it's one of those things where you don't have to think it's like, <laughs> okay, well there's, there's the ball. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is fun. And like, I wanted to capture the feeling that I was feeling and all I kept saying is, well, no, this is, this is it. This is, this is definitely what you want to feel. I'm, I'm in the right place in the, in the right time. Uh, now it's just time to have fun with it, but yeah, it wasn't anything like me stepping up or anything like that. It was just, I think, uh, somehow got in the zone. Um, I was a sophomore that year and we, like I said, we had like seven seniors. Mm. So I think I, I benefited from not having super high pressure or expectations on me. It was, I think I was batting like fifth and all right, well, cool. There's people on base. All right. Awesome. (laughs) I get to go. I I, I'm feeling good. Here we go. (laughs) Just another at bat. Yeah. That's man. must've been a fantastic feeling. I mean, (laughs) to get this like that, that's awesome. So when Danielle recorded that last out, what was that feeling like? Um, just complete elation. Um, I remember looking around right before that pitch was thrown and just trying to soak it in. Cause that's, I mean, being a part of that team, it was a really special team. I mean, we, we really weren't perfect, right? Like looking at Oklahoma's season and how many wins and all of their stats combined. I I was watching the world series and just going, man, everybody's hitting over 400. Everybody could be on the all tournament team. I know. And <laughs> just, it was just insane. And like, I think of my world series and of course I'm proud of it. And like, not nobody can take away what we did. We won the world series, but man, like the game is exponentially growing. The hitters are better. The I mean, it's just everybody is kind of a freak athlete out there at, <laughs> at this point. And um, no, but I, I remember looking around and just going, okay, this is uh, just, well, definitely keep focusing because the game's yeah. not over, anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. But like looking around and, and just knowing that anybody on the field, like I, I had complete trust in them. They're going to get it done. We were going to do it. Um, and then obviously playing behind Danielle is mm-hmm. very, very special. She's a, she's a competitor. Like she's, yep. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's a lot of things, but she's a really great teammate and, um, it was definitely fun. Still going strong. Dan is I actually, I had her on here and, and I, when I was talking to her about, about, the that world series, when I said, <laughs> going back and watching it, I, my favorite part of the whole thing was watching her dad. Her dad was Oh my awesome. God. He's like, has a heart attack every yeah. pitch. That's <laughs> so funny to watch. Um, well, yeah, you think of the score too, oh, right? Yeah. Like it's a th- three, two game and you, you look at these scores and it's like anybody could hit a home run at any moment. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, so true. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. So you go on to have two more great seasons with the Huskies, but you'd have another 
World Series appearance. Uh, what was the biggest thing you took away from your time in Washington? Um, biggest thing I took away. That's a really good question. Yeah, I, um, I start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing really in, in 2010, we were ranked one the whole season and then we get to Oklahoma and we're out in two. Mm. Um, and that honestly, I had a, a really, really bad, it was on to me, it seemed like a season long slump. I didn't do very well my junior year. And I just remember coming back to my senior year and just going, you know what? Uh, I let the expectations get to me. I let my mind kind of run rampant and I had no check on what mattered and getting onto the next pitch. And I think that was, that's kind of the biggest thing for me is that yeah, the results and accolades are awesome. Like I'm able to be on cool podcasts now. I'm able to talk <laughs> about winning, winning a world series and that experience. Um, but in terms of uh, how hard I tried in that world series and the, the success that I got from that versus how hard I wanted so badly to get out of a slump or mm. to do well, or to be there for my teammates. It's not about how hard you're trying. It's about really, uh, understanding yourself, forgiving yourself for failing and then understanding that process. So, um, I think I grew up a lot in my time in Washington and that kind of translates to how I try to live my life now of just going, Hey, it's not how, how hard you're trying or how hard the struggle is. It's, it's really understanding that if you believe it's going to get better, it's going to get better. If you are sunk down in your lowest depths and really are so mad at yourself because you care that much about the results, you're not going to dig yourself out of it. You know, you've got, you've got to believe that better times are coming. You've got to know that the sun is going to come up and, and keep moving forward. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you about the uh, Philippines national team. Um, yeah. How'd that all come about? <laughs> uh, real, the pretty random. Um, yeah. 2014, actually Jen Schroeder had a catcher, uh, Aliyah Loxamana who played at Cal, uh, who asked her, Hey, I'm on this team Philippines thing. Do you know anybody that would want to play? And Jen's like, this is how you guys recruit people. You don't have tryouts or anything. Uh, just kind of, just kind of word of mouth. And, uh, yeah, the, the team was kind of just starting to get, um, Filipino Americans to, to join and, and kind of help out in that way. And yeah, I, I, I got connected, went to a practice and then immediately had a Jersey. And within the week I was playing team USA and some world cup in California. And, um, <laughs> I was going to ask, I was going to ask you about that world cup, like, and the fact that it was in California, I mean, that must, yeah, that must've it, been pretty cool. Yeah. It just came together really <laughs> fast. And at that point I hadn't played in, I mean, a couple years. Cause I, I did like a little stint in Europe playing in Switzerland, but that was very different competition than, uh, playing in the world cup. And yeah, it was fun because my family all got to come out, but it was, it was one of those things like, all right, I got nothing to lose. I haven't practiced. I'm in <laughs> off a tee. Here we go. I'm playing third base against yeah. team USA. So <laughs> oh, that's it was definitely fun. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I went back and looked at the, the results of that and you guys actually had a good game against Canada that Canada only beat you three, one or something like that. So, I mean, yeah. Good game. I, yeah. It, it wasn't like this, a terrible showing. It was, it was a good time. I think, uh, teams that, Again, it's that expectation piece. When you don't have a ton of expectation, you play with nothing with nothing to lose. Yeah. Kind of anything can happen. But uh, definitely a cool experience being able to play in California and just play again. Honestly, no doubt. Now, was this around the same time that the creation of the package deal was formed? Yeah, pretty much exactly the same time. I think uh, the winter before we had just been doing some of our first events. So 2014, that next summer, uh, we were we were definitely getting just up and rolling. I remember we had like 
business cards that we had made for that weekend to pass out and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, well, I can't really do this anymore because I'm playing, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it. So what's, what's, (laughs) what's the story? Like what's the whole story on how it was formed? I I read a couple different things about Jen being on a plane or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, Janet, Jen had been doing like a ton of posting on social media for like Jen show catching. And I think she's like, a one of the biggest pioneers of posting on social media with drills and that kind of stuff. And all four of us, so myself, Jen, Amanda Scarborough and Katie Schroeder, uh, basically all softball players after they're done, I think it asks to do clinics, they do lessons. And it's, it's kind of this thing where you, it's like a rite of passage. You, everybody kind of does it, Mm -hmm. but we wanted to do it a little bit different. So Jen had had this idea of, getting people together and doing clinics, helping her do her catching thing. Um, Amanda had been doing kind of the same thing as Jen posting some pitching drills. Um, and then Katie and myself, Katie had already started helping Jen with some of her catching clinics. And I was actually over in, uh, Canada around the same or at the same clinic as the Schroeders for, uh, Rob Campbell. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but he, was he had contacted me the year before to do a clinic. So I was the veteran coming back to do like my second or third clinic. And the Schroeders had been there the only one time I got my own field on this, uh, at this Canadian clinic. And Jen was in the outfield of my field with her catchers. And that was, that's probably, I guess, one of my favorite memories. Cause Jen, <laughs> if you know, her is like larger than life. Yep. She gets, she's like the diva of the group. And uh, for this clinic, I had the infield and she was just out by the fence in the outfield with her like five catchers. And it was awesome. Uh, anyways, you, you wouldn't have heard up, anything about that. What? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like just, just, uh, it was, it was fun for me. I had just met Jen, so I didn't know a, hmm. a ton about it, but she ended up coming over in the infield and going, Hey, let's do a little competition. And, and, uh, her, her catchers and my infielders, started doing drills together and, and we just hit it off really, really fast. And, um, I guess from there it was Jen had, uh, contacted Amanda and then obviously Katie's her sister. So it was one of those things that was mm-hmm. just kind of a given that Katie would be involved. And, um, I think as the story goes, I was the final piece, but, in my mind, I think it wouldn't have happened if uh, we hadn't met in Canada. But yeah, it just kind of, it, it's kind of serendipitous how it all came together. Jen was definitely the glue. Like she mm. knew all of it and she was already kind of searching for the pieces. But yeah, uh, myself, Amanda and Jen did a, an additional Canadian clinic. I think that's the winter after and then it all started falling into place. We did our first clinic all together in Texas, I think in maybe January of 2014. And then from there, we just kept growing and growing. Right on. So were you like, was this when you were like, this is my calling card and this is what I should be doing? Um, At the time when we had started, I was uh, assistant at Loyola Marymount in Manhattan beach or LA. And I was trying to figure out if I wanted to be a college coach because mm-hmm. as, as coaching goes, I just thought, okay, this is, this is how I'm going to kind of climb the ladder. I, I, I think that college coaching is a, a, a job that mm-hmm. I would like. And after just kind of doing lessons and clinics, I was way more excited about just the development of the young players, how they could be influenced with, by, uh, just the energy and the information that we had. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, that was way more fun to me than uh, when I was kind of being introduced to the college game. It was a lot of, a lot more paperwork, a lot more recruiting, a lot more email answering. And it's, it's just job, job, right. right. And, uh, a lot more being inside than I thought. And I thought I could always go back if I wanted to, but this was definitely something special that I, I wanted to see out and just be more available for. Right on. No, this is a pretty good lead into defense club and defense lesson that you're currently doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us about those and you know, what's the difference between the two? 
Yeah. Uh, defense lessons is what I do every single week. And I've really done like defense lessons just, uh, weekly Monday through Monday through Wednesday. I really only do, uh, but I've done this since package deal started. I kind of did them at the same time, just, and it's more of just financial security for yeah, me. And, yeah. and, um, I mean, say if we did, we don't travel for a couple months just because we don't want to, I, I still have stuff to do mm. and I'm able to be just a full-time coach. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate and able to do that and not have to a nine to five, but I'm able to be creative, able to learn new techniques, meet with, meet with other coaches and that kind of stuff. But yeah. I, I do that during the week. And then defense club is something that's a little bit more of a recent development in the last, uh, couple years. I started posting a lot of things on my Instagram that I wanted to kind of tell the real story of, uh, my, my mental game and how I think that a lot of athletes start learning about the mental game a little bit later on in their careers. and. I, I told kind of my story of, I, I definitely wish I would have learned a lot more of it as a younger athlete. So I made the most of my experience, um, when I got to college or when, whenever I, I wanted to be at my best. So I named the defense club because I think, uh, the defensive game and the mental game have a lot in common. Hmm. Uh, like a lot of it is talking about those little things and being diligent and, consistent and it's not the walk-off hit that everybody sees you're not uh when you're practicing for your defense i mean a lot of people just take for granted how important playing catch is and it's the e it's one of the it's the thing that we've learned first right mm -hmm. uh but but it's one of those things that people just kind of take for granted once you get to the higher levels and um I, I felt that it was very similar to the mental game. And one of the biggest things that we do every single day is talk to ourselves and, and we take it for granted how much it really truly matters. And so, yeah, that's, that's something that's all online at this point. Uh, I put courses up probably three or four times a year and I'm doing live uh, kind of zoom calls and uh YouTube lives for my members, just talking about different issues last week. Uh, actually Jimmy came on, uh, my oh, wow. monthly live for defense club. Yeah. He was talking about his injury and, uh, how to deal with not, uh, stacking up to your goals. He, he had a lot of really great stuff oh, to wow. say. So that's, that's great for, you know, having that, having that side of it to, you know, to have for people to listen to. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, one of, one of my biggest regrets is, is calling it defense club just, and I love the name, but a lot of people are like, well, okay. I can, can you, um, can you point me in the direction to softball training and defense club? And I always have to go, well, no, my softball training is defense lessons. My mental game stuff is defense club. Uh, so yeah, people get confused, but yeah, defense club is all sports, uh, mental training. So Jimmy falls right in there because he, he, um, has competed at a super, super high level, but mm -hmm. people kind of, he doesn't get to talk about it a lot. So, I mean, I haven't even heard him talk about it that much. So I, I, I was happy that he, oh, wow. he was able to have some time on there. Yeah. Learn something, learn something new from your fiance during a, during the call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what's the, what's the best advice you could give to a player that, you know, looking to get noticed by a college? Best advice, um, definitely to keep your head up after you fail. I think that that's a lot of colleges, college coaches have told me, and then I've looked at this too, in my very, very short stint as a, and as, as an assistant, actually looking at people and being recruited is you're definitely aware of the kids that are good right? Like you're, you're out there, you're watching them hit home runs. You're watching them be leaders. Um, and those are the kids that are going to go to college. Now, the, the ones that get are separated from going to top 20 schools and kind of the other, the other schools that definitely have talented kids are, how do you respond when the going gets tough? How do you, how do you react to 
situations that you're not in the zone. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're looking to get recruited, um, your attitude towards your teammates, your attitude towards your parents, when they're giving you water behind the dugout or carrying your bat bag, just think about how, how you want to be, uh, seen by those coaches that are going to be, that you're going to be around every single day for four to five years, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah. Fantastic advice. Here's a loaded one. Any advice for the parents? <laughs> Ooh, yes. Um, this, and it's always touchy too, because I'm not a parent. So yeah. I know, I know that I'm not feeling the stress and anxiety of being a parent of a high level athlete that wants to get recruited. Um, but I would, I would say, don't write your kids emails for them. Just don't mm. <laughs> to colleges. Uh, they can tell also, um, it's so good for kids to take control of the process. I know that I responded to every single college that wrote to me or sent me a letter. Uh, that was one of the things that my parents, um, asked me to do is, Hey, you never know who, who's going to be the coach of the net of the team in two years, three years, right. next year, yep. the turnovers super, super fast. So, uh, be respectful, respond to everyone and, uh, kind of do your own research. Right on. Now, before we get to the final segment here, I want to touch you know, quickly on being an Easton ambassador. What's it like working with them? I actually just had a call with them this morning. Uh, very good. It's, it's a super open relationship. If I have any issues or problems or, uh, ideas, it's pretty cool because I'm literally a text or a phone call away from somebody that I can talk to immediately, mm -hmm. uh, to try to put some of my ideas in place. So that's been really cool. It's been cool launching my first ever signature glove. Um, I honestly, after my playing days, I just didn't think that that was gonna ever happen. And I, it wasn't even in my mind until, um, I was actually sponsored by diamond a couple of years ago and we had kind of played with the idea, but, uh, Easton turned out to be kind of a better fit for me to, to live out this little dream of mine. And, and it's been really nice. Right on. That's awesome. Uh, thing we end the podcast with, with every guest, uh, something we call player association. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it a name for you and you can say as much or as little about them as you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Oh no. <laughs> so first one is, uh, I think has one of the best names in ball ever. Hooch Figali. Hooch. <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, Hooch is awesome. She's one of the nicest humans you will ever meet. She's got a really great young little family right now. I always see her on Instagram. Um, but yeah, she's got a nasty game face. Love Hooch. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> uh, next is uh, Jen Salling. Jen Salling, freak of nature. She's so freaking good. Um, I love Jen. She's, she's actually one of my closest friends. And before she got on the team, I remember just not liking her because she was pushing me out of shortstop over to third base. But, um, she's, she's one of the best humans I know, very caring, uh, super passionate about growing the game and doing the things the right way. Uh, great person, Jen Salling. Yeah. We had her, I had her on here couple weeks ago and she was such a treat to talk to uh, so nice yeah <laughs> she really is yeah well, for sure uh next amanda scarborough amanda scarborough uh one of my current teammates i guess with package deal um she makes me feel so good about how I teach the defensive side of the game. She's been around a ton of softball people she announced for ESPN and she always has a nice thing to say to me about how much she has learned from how I explain defense just puts it in. I put it in a different perspective. Um, she's a fellow dog lover like me nice. and uh, yeah, she keeps things even keel on the road. She's great. Awesome. Last but not least, Jen Schroeder. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jen, we butt heads a lot. We make fun of each other a lot, but I love her a lot. She's my best friend. Um, 
think the best thing about Jen is probably Rudy. Oh, I was, I was hoping you were going to mention Rudy. <laughs> I love Rudy. <laughs> uh, oh my God. She's like a fake baby. Yes. She's, she might be an angel. Um, She's definitely yeah, an angel. I mean, after, I, after seeing what be. Jen posted this last week with Rudy traveling with her and the way Rudy was, I was like, that girl is an angel. Yeah, she, I, she has to be. And I haven't seen her in two weeks and I feel like I'm just deprived at this point. So yeah, actually, Rudy, Rudy gets my vote. Yeah. There was a, there was a, actually, I saw one of your uh, pictures on Instagram that you had, it was you and Rudy and she was laughing and I had to laugh at the caption where you said laughing because it took her less than a year to get her name on a glove and it took you 32. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Right. Yeah. It's, Oh man, <laughs> so great. Well, that's a perfect way to end the podcast talking about Rudy. Um, oh yeah. Morgan, I need to thank you for coming on, you know, especially in short notice. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. This is really fun for me. Thanks yeah. for having me. Not a problem. I wish you nothing but the best with your business and, you know, hope you get nothing but sunshine and warm temperatures for your wedding. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. All right. I hope you have a great week. Thanks, Morgan. Take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. I told ya, I did, now, a lot of MCs walking with no knees, they persisted with fucking with me, I'm just that real laid back, chill back, smoking them trees, but yo, I turn into some African bees, if they're fucking with me, I'm unmatched, unpassing, sway back, up, up on them blocks, rocking MCM hats, just spitting at these people like I'm swinging a bat, at Scarborough Village, where the village was at, all them girls in them boom boom shots, where they wanted it at, yo, I ain't bragging, I'm just spitting the facts, no exaggeration, no gripping on my balls for charm, my Big Mac with no lettuce or sauce, now my collarbone is filled with scars, it got stripes down the arm, got class in the cut, pull the pin up the bomb, brother, yo, so let them horns flow, we're repping is here because you all asked for it, so yo, I told ya, I told ya, Mathematically, there's no comparing to my strategy Trying to measure up, I appreciate the flattery But half of these rappers are half of a beat backwards Claiming they on point, man Check the stats first I've dropped 12 albums with at least 12 songs In the last 12 years, do the math right there That's 144 on a one a month average And that don't even count what I produce for other rappers Done five tours with 20 shows or more And that's only dating back to 2004 Let's not forget the other years that don't apply to Now name another rapper tour in Canada like I do I know I am on the top of this And I know I have many accomplices If the numbers add up, you can't get rid of me So kid, know your past, your future will be history